episode of the Classic Pickup Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Whips, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This podcast is sponsored by Classic Pickup Supplies, your number one Ford and Chev pickup parts supplier. Mention Classic Truck for a 10% discount off your first order. Classic Pickup Supplies, located in Coolum Beach, Queensland. Call 07 5446 2667. Or visit their website, www.classicpickupsupplies.com.au. Classic Pickup Supplies, dedicated to the restoration and preservation of the pickup. Episode 58. This week I sit down and chat with Cara and Josh Coburn. They're over in New Zealand and Josh has got deep roots in the Mustang world and Cara, going along to different shows, finally realised that uh, it's time that she got something and she found herself a really nice 56 F100. So... We had a really good chat about the build, and uh, I think you'll quite enjoy this one. Some of the audio is a little bit in and out. It was a bit tricky. We ended up having to just do this one over the phone, but I've cleaned it up as much as I can, and I I hope you can hear it all quite well. So uh, not a lot to report this week. I sort of working on my truck and still still watching the situation with COVID, and you know I guess we all know how it is. But uh, hope you guys are getting some work done on your projects. Um, or if your truck's finished, uh, you know, I hope you're getting a bit of a chance to drive it. So I hope you enjoy this episode and look forward to bringing you uh, another one next week. Thanks, guys. So, Cara, thank you for joining us on the podcast. I think we've just spent 20 minutes running through some technical difficulties, but we finally got it sorted out. <laughs> How are you going today? Really good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. You're um, you're our second Kiwi host, so pretty excited about that. I it's amazing how hard it is to get hold of people um, in in the culture over there, and I'm I'm really looking forward to chatting to you a bit about uh, Cruise and Customs that did a lot of work on your truck because um, they seem to be the go to guys, and and I'm going to have a chat to them. But firstly, you know, we we always start off and we have a bit of a chat about your background, and so can you tell us a bit about you know your early memories, and you know, did your was your dad a car guy or a truck guy or or is this all josh's fault how did no, this happen no <laughs> yeah well i'll blame my husband um but no I've, I've got absolutely no history with um cars um you know growing up i, I loved a, a good old jeep wrangler two-door um because i thought it was cool and um i met my husband in school and uh we kind of a couple of years into after we got married he got himself uh, his second Mustang, and it was a 65 that we've got now, and he did it up and <clears throat> started off going to, um, I don't know if you've heard of Beach Hop over there, but it's a, 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 have you heard of it? I have since um, stalking you on your Instagram, so it looks like a really cool show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, there's this really cool beach town called Pongamata, and um I don't know. How, I actually don't know how long it's been going for, but we've gone yeah, about fifteen years. Yeah, um, but we've been going since three. But we've been married for thirteen years, just about, and we've gone every year. Um, and and I, I guess because Josh had his Mustang, that's kind of where it all sort of started. And I could probably tell you the colour of the car at the at the start, but he sort of that that's a car that he really, really loves. And when we started thinking about what the next one would be, uh, I just, I don't think I could compete getting another muscle car. It would just be a, another Mustang probably. But um, trucks, I just, I don't know, the big car, the way they look, I just, I, I gravitated towards a truck. And um, my brother-in-law actually has, he got a Camaro. And so we had the Ford Mustang, he had his Camaro, and he ended up getting a Chevy truck. And so I just, I wasn't going to get the same thing. And so we just sort of happened to find this beautiful Ford truck that I've got. And um, during the lockdown last year, Yeah, it was a year ago. Yeah. So that's kind of where it all started from. Big, big truck, by the way, now, is a um, picture like uh, Byron Bay, our version of Byron Bay. The 
10,000 electric cars suspended on it for a weekend. And everybody down there was into it. And everyone who walked into the cars left cars. Yeah. Everyone there was cool. <laughs> <And> <laughs> looking at each other's cars and cruising. And it's almost not a modern car. You know, you might drive a modern car down there and park the security behind it. But the streets are full of plastic cars. Big battery stuff. Yeah. It's just a time walk. You know, it's a 60s time walk where it's just the amount of money that's spent on these cars, it's just, no matter what they are, they're just absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um, it's hard to go down there and not, not catch the bug and think next year I'll be back with something else and happen to me with the Mustang and didn't take her along before. So <laughs> she wouldn't be back with that one either. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, we have a show here, uh, literally 30 kilometers from where I live and it's called the Bright Rod Run and, and it's it's been established for just years and years and years, and and people come down, they spend the whole week, and I mean we're in the rural rural countryside, but over that whole week, I think you see more classic cars than you do normal cars just everywhere you go because people are just out driving everywhere, and it's I love it, it's fantastic. Yeah. The smell of um, gasoline yeah. without catalytic converters burns your eyes. It's so sick. Yeah, I think all the service stations just rub their hands with glee because everyone's just burning fuel. <laughs> yeah, right. So you've got um, so Josh's brother, uh, they're all Chevy, and you guys are all Ford. So you got yourself a, yeah. a a good little bit of competition going on there. Yeah, well, yeah. He's, um, he has uh, he's got a forty-eight and a fifty-four, and well, that's something else. Basically, oh, the fifty-four is down at Cruising Customs as well. You've got three three donor trucks. What actually one is one sort of original forty-eight that's in an original condition. Um, the fifty-four is going through the sort of works that Cars is getting done. We in fact we sent both trucks down on the same transporter. Um, he thought he had a um, a good running body, but was going to put it on a chassis and found out he had neither a chassis nor a good cab nor a good engine <laughs> so he's gone back to absolute square one with Kendall down there at Cruising Customs yeah yeah it's amazing how often you know things can look good but once you have a good close look at them and and you know I, I see a lot of people and you know we talk about this on the podcast quite a bit but you know you could you might pick up a truck quite cheap but if it if it needs Ten, fifteen thousand dollars worth of body work done to it. You would have been better off spending five grand more for a better, better truck. And and it's a hard, yeah. it's a hard lesson that everyone learns. And I think you only do it once because uh, body work's not cheap. No, and you don't, you don't know really, do you? No, especially the Mustang. We, we thought the Mustang was all right, and um, I had a very minor sort of, uh, in fact, I left the handbrake off and rolled down a not a long hill, but just. Fender bender, and um, what what started as a fender bender led to a ten month full body rebuild because every time we stripped a bit more paint back, there was more rust and more bog and more dodgy fix up jobs, and, and it was a basically a new sheet metal car ten months later. So it was well wise to that one. Yeah, yeah, it's it's heartbreaking when it happens. So, Cara, did, was with um, the with the with the board um, with the truck, there yep. wasn't. Right, there was just a couple of bits in the cab, um, but they were really minor. So mm. I reckon, I don't know if we dodged a bullet. I mean, I was anticipating there would be some, but there wasn't. And that was, the, you know, wipe the sweat off your brow kind of moment and carry on. Because <laughs> you bought it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's because we were in lockdown when we bought it last year. Um, didn't, didn't see it till it pulled up on the truck. And, um, so, yeah. And was 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 the truck already in New Zealand? Had someone imported it there, and you bought it off them, or did you find it in America and bring it over? No, no. So it belonged to somebody um, down here, and um, but it was a Cameroon. That's right. Country. Yeah, but real farm hack, just you know, pretty poor condition. Found out pretty quickly that uh, you couldn't drive it um, without having to break a few hundred meters ahead of needing to stop. Um, so it was pretty, and actually, um, I haven't driven it yet, um, which is crazy, but I got into the car and I just felt quite scared about 
um, driving a big car like that with the brakes the way they were and the horrific steering. Not that I'm precious, but it, it's a big car to not have control over. Yeah, we um, we bought it thinking we'd go softly, softly through it. And I drove it about three or four times and rolled through three or four intersections and red lights and, and realised that this thing was going to kill one of us. And so <laughs> it sort of fast-tracked the need to send it down or, or get some work done and, and it was just going to be brakes and then it was just sort of, just kept going really. Yeah, the the big rabbit hole. So it's, it's a left-hand drive though, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. So do you know the history of when it was imported or where it came from in the States? Like if it's that dry, you'd think it's probably a California or maybe an Arizona truck. Yeah, it was, um, it was owned by a guy, um, Hadley, um, at H-Bomb Customs and Classics. And so he's done a couple of these trucks there. He's sort of got his own little custom shop down on the South Island and he was using this as his work runabout, you know, the advertising kind of, um, parts shop kind of working man's ute for his actual business and so he sort of does them has them for a couple of years and then sells them on and, and that was actually probably one of the reasons that gave us a bit of comfort was that his business it was used for his business and so we were comfortable enough to take a leap on it on the basis of a bunch of photos and the fact that he's got a bit of a reputation and we had hoped that we could just trust in that but he was also quite um I think he, he liked that we were really interested in doing some cool stuff with the truck and um, and so he probably felt like it was going to some people who were going to treat it well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, especially if you've, you know, you've taken the the Mustang from a bit of a bucket of rust to to what it currently looks like. It's, so it's the blue one with the white stripes? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. In our house, the whole vibe, right, is that, um, I don't know what it's like in, in Aussie, but um, I actually, I once heard a stat that there's more Mustangs per capita in New Zealand than anywhere else in the world. Um, but they're all, you know, nine and a half out of ten of them um, are absolutely original. And I had an original one before Karen and I got married, and they just drive like pigs. And I sort of thought, why have, why have something like that and not enjoy it? And probably the same went with the truck, right? So, so cruising customs were were they a shop that you knew about when you bought the truck and that was the plan, or you know, you obviously you bought it from a, a custom uh, shop. Was there a, a thought of maybe going with those guys, or or how did how did you go about finding cruising customs, and then how did the the plan all go together? Well, um, I take responsibility for this part of it. I probably fudged <laughs> the numbers a little bit in the early days of the car about what it's going to cost, but <laughs> there's a couple of reasons we went with them. So um, the thinking was the thing couldn't stop and the thing couldn't turn. And so we were committed to brakes and we were committed to suspension. And um, you fundamentally the design of those um, Gen 1 F100, the chassis kind of, it's got massive limitations anyway. And so we quickly went down the path, and I looked at it with the Mustang, but different reasons why it doesn't suit the Mustang. We looked at that sort of, a, I was always keen for the height and front end of the car, you know, the weld-in, full, you know, rack and pinion, great steering, great suspension, great brakes, that full sort of noise. And then we sort of started to realise that over here we have issues with compliance and, you know, a lot of the stuff you see in the States, it just, it's a horror story over here of people trying to import modified cars and our compliance systems just will not tolerate the low standards that they have in the States in terms of engineering. And so you can bring in an original car that can't stop and get that complied better than you can bring in a modified car in the States but whose modifications are unknown and untested. And so 
Um, the last thing we wanted was for Cara to have this truck that was called a 2021 custom low-volume certified truck, you know, or even worse, you know, a 2010 custom or whatever it is that some of these guys were doing. So I think key to it was we had the modifications we had had to be able to be certified as a 56 F100. And for two reasons, Kendall has the agency for heights in New Zealand, so that was one. And second, he's actually got an F100 chassis jig. And so that allows him to rebuild box chassis um, as per original manufacturer guidelines and then have them certified originally. So you get a modern, um, as modern a chassis as you can without you know, going tubular or departing from something that's actually compliable here um, that you can put your cab back on top of and and otherwise stay original. And so I think those two things were the main reasons with my car. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we want to go that way. And then the rest is sort of a while it's there, we just he'd call and say, have you thought about this? And we'd add a bit on and add a bit on, and then the time would go and we were waiting for certain things, we'd add a bit more on, and then we'd say, oh, gee, <laughs> not looking for this. kind of got us by the balls now. <laughs> Get it all done. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a very common story. You you set a budget and a timeline, and you just multiply it all by about three. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> and once you're, once you're that far deep into it, you go, well, why stop here? Why have a car that's been mostly done and then cut a massive corner on this, something like that? And when you're starting it with something like the chassis, you know, um, there's no point going half ass once you once you're in there. So. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been I, really fun. Making all those decisions. Yeah, it is. and it's like building a house. You know, you you know what oven and what bench top do you want in the kitchen, and and it's it's a very yeah. similar thing in a lot of ways. I think. Yeah, it's about the same cost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I saw the photo. There's a photo on your Instagram of of the guys at Cruising Customs, and and they're welding the chassis up on that on that Ford chassis jig. Um, that's brilliant. I, I think that's yeah. fantastic, and. Um, so was the was the original chassis on the truck had it been a little bit hacked up or was it a bit rusty or or why if they're just reproducing the chassis back to original specs why wouldn't you have used the original chassis you had? Well, I, I, I it was bashed up. Yeah. But they, for the extra trouble of stripping it and, and you know it's, it's not an original anyway. So you go well, what's the point of saying it's an original numbers truck? different gearbox, different everything. Who cares whether you've bastardised the old chassis or started afresh? It was it's about having a box, a C notch chassis with, you know, K members, the full the full everything you can do to upgrade it at the same time you might as well do. Mm. Was kind of a thinking. I think the chat the cost of the chassis is actually not crazy. When in the scheme no. of things that was not crazy cost. No. No. So just the, in general, we are we're the kind of people who are prone to sort of, well, hey, we could have a crack at it like this, or do you want to just start with the right thing? And, and thinking was just, yeah, something that's fundamental as a chassis yeah. to do it, do it properly. Yeah, and the the heights front end, I mean, are they they're they're based around like a Mustang two kind of style independent front suspension? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Super Ride is the premium end Mustang two front end. Yeah, no, you can't go wrong. Yeah, no, we we have um, we have very similar engineering issues here in Australia uh, as as to what you do over there. And yeah, guys, guys, and I don't know what it's like in New Zealand. I guess you got a North Island and a South Island. I don't know if your rules are any different, but here in Australia, we have you know whatever we've got six or seven states, and and all the engineering rules are different in each state. So, in, oh my God. yeah, so in. <laughs> No, in in Queensland you can you know you could build a new chassis out of just some RHS and you know I mean you you got to do it properly but you can do that and register it whereas in say New South Wales that would be classified as a uh, like an in like a brand new built car and it would have to be tested yeah and and then and they but could you take your car from Queensland and drive it across the border into New South Wales and then thereafter own it? You can, but then legally you're supposed to change your registration after you've been somewhere for three months, 
and then to get a Victorian registration, say, it would need to be passed by a Victorian engineer. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it does strike me that it's a little tougher over there. Yeah, and then, you know... Well, I mean, if you look on our Trade Me, which is our sales website for cars, I reckon at any given time, 90% of the F100s, and there's not lots of them for sale, but 90% of any given listing will say something like needs need papers, you know, imported, not working, need, you know... There's so many stories of people having a crack at it and just turning up to the VTNZ and being told you don't have a shit show. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. And, you know, the, the other thing too, like a lot of people, I mean, you guys are not going to build out in 12 months, which I think is fantastic. But, you know, some guys take 10 years to do their build. And from when you start mm-hmm. to when you finish, the engineering laws have changed. And, you know, oh, no. I, I know guys in New South Wales who've got thousands of dollars in, in a chassis that they can no longer use. Like, they just cannot use it. And it, it's, yeah, it's tough. But um, we spoke to we spoke to a guy there in New Zealand, Peter Brothers, and he's got a, I think it's a 64 C10 uh, pickup. And he was talking us through, there were three stages of the engineering that he had to go through. And... It seemed it seemed really technical. I remember talking to him about it, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's it. Sounds even harder than what we have to go through." Um, but uh, I guess every country's different, well, you know. I'm trusting Kendall. <laughs> yeah, I'm trusting Kendall on that. I know that I know that things are a lot easier if you engage the certified engineer and they come and inspect the wells in a raw state. You know, it's, it's like a house build. You know, you need the building inspector to turn up at every point. There's no point showing them a finished house and saying sign it off or else they make you rip it all to bits and show where you put things together different ways and it's, it's the same with the cars yeah absolutely cool so so when you first went in there and had a chat to him you know i don't know if you want to talk numbers but you would have said here's about what we want to spend here's here's what we want to achieve uh that's obviously a little snowball started at the top of the hill and it's getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, from from my little bit of uh, Instagram stalking, so I'm seeing a triangulated four bar <laughs> rear end there. You've got coilovers. Uh-huh. You've got a new nine-inch diff with Willwood brakes. Um, okay. I know how much they cost. Uh, Flaming River steering column. You're putting Dakota Digital <laughs> Dash in the thing. Um one thing I want to chat about quite a bit is is the heartbeat. You got the coyote in there, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So tell me the story about that. I mean, where did you get that from? Is that just out of a wrecked Mustang here, or well, how'd you get that motor? Well, funnily enough, it's been probably the biggest pain in the ass we've had. It actually came out very hard to find. I mean, I, I like a crate engine coyote. You can't find them here. You can import them. I don't know, probably. 30 grand plus GST, plus plus, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Ford Racing in the States. So I was sort of scouring wreckers, you know, for late model Mustangs that had been damaged, but, you know, low case, not the engine. And um, very, very tough to do, but we found one that had come out of an Aussie wreck and had been imported as a wreck for parts because it's so hard to find parts for because we just don't have enough of the late model Mustangs here to have a part supply. And so it's a 2017 Coyote, um, but the biggest issue we've had is that once you disconnect the engine from um, the chassis plug, the thing locks you out. You can't touch the computer. And we've done a ton of research on it, and as have Kendall, and it's particularly Aussie, um, there's a couple of years in the States that were very difficult, um, but you need the body harness of the original chassis to get into it, and of course that was all cut up and nobody even asked questions thought about it. I thought they gave us the ECU with the computer and she'll be right. And so we've gone back and forth between trying to find, try to unlock it, trying to buy a unit out of Aussie, which is about five or six grand or something horrendous, just to replace the factory ECU. Um, we think we've landed on a solution, but touch wood, it's back in the country now. We sent the ECU off to the States for a company that was well-versed in it, apparently. 
to plug it in and diagnose it and reprogram it and unlock it and send it back. So uh, the engine hasn't started up, I said, and we've been in lockdown, so I'm expecting it to happen in, any, in the next week or two, really. Kendall's told me it's arrived, and it's off to the auto electrician to get fired up for the first time. So we've taken a bit of a leap of faith on that. Yeah, that's that's always the gamble with with a modern engine, isn't it? It's um, I'm a I'm a um, a real I have a real phobia of uh, like even common rail diesels. You know, I, I drive old stuff because it takes three wires and it starts, and and the <laughs> the idea that I could be driving down the road and I get a you know flashes up on the screen and tells me I've got a something's wrong and puts me into limp mode and oh, it just drives it scares me so yeah i mean that's that's something that i know that a lot of people you know even with the ls conversions you know guys who are doing custom looms for them so that you can just bypass the airbags and bypass you know even if you want to bypass your abs and all that sort of stuff and it's a it's quite it's like a black art i think you know of of doing all that stuff yeah i mean i think when we sort of talked about it originally it was like wanting a car that regardless of what it looked like outside, and Carapin talks about his views on the paint and where we've, where we've come from and where we're at at the moment, but we sort of liked the idea of this um, juxtaposed truck that was incredibly modern and drove really, really well in all other respects, um, but had this old weathered-looking chassis or this, this, you know, however we finished it, whatever it looked like, um, this idea that all the running bits were as good and functional and reliable and comfortable as possible. Yeah, I think it was always going to be a coyote. Yeah, I, I guess with your heritage and and you know you're not going to put you know if you're a real Ford guy, I guess you're not going to put an LS in it, are you? So you've you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, flat. I've got a three forty seven in the Mustang, and um, while it's cool, it's it's just a different vibe when you carburetor it, isn't it? It's it's simpler and it's noisier and it's all those things but um, you know there's something about what we were trying to achieve with this truck yeah and is is it a um, is it an auto or a manual it's on auto auto yeah yeah yeah, I, I think that'll just be turnkey, easy to drive. It'll stop on a dime. You know, it's going to, it'll drive, it'll drive like a 2017 Mustang, really, won't it? I mean, it's just, you know, it sounds like it's got everything done. It's got a really nice um, set of coilovers in there and, and decent brakes. And, you know, that's, you call you, I love your Instagram handle, Cara, which is it's F100 underscore <laughs> resto mum. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty cool truck to be taken down to, to the school and dropping the kids off, you know. Did you see that little, uh, what, did you, what did you say? What was the little sub line on your... Um, on your you mean, <laughs> like, being an undrivable farm hat to the coolest hot rod in the school pickup line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, because our kids love... We got a nine-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy, and my daughter grew up loving the Mustang. And um, but she's getting to that age where it's just uncool to be <laughs> your parents. So she's probably by the time we've got this done, she's going to be mortified by the idea of any sort of attention. Um, but the little guy is just obsessed. He, he just thinks it's yeah, so cool. He's been playing the garage all day in a parked car, and um, I'm sure he will when the truck comes home. Yeah, yeah. I just I just see mum at the school just line locking just smoking the back tyres and she's like so embarrassing that's what's so cool about it like it's it's supposed to be like a it's supposed to be a contradiction isn't it like you want people to turn their head and expect to see a bogan driving it and see a woman in a work you know work out but you know professional mother with kids sitting on either side you know Oh. And actually, I am um, like my my day job. I'm in a suit, and so um, most of my colleagues. Um, I've been in this job for about seven, eight years. They they had no idea this was like this little secret thing I had on the site. <laughs> and um, and somebody found me on Instagram the other day and was like, "Oh my god, what what is this? Who are you?" 
um, which, yes, yeah, it's a bit of fun. I'm, I'm sure I don't look like what they might expect when they hear it coming. Part of the um, part of the upsell that we weren't we weren't starting with, but while the car was sitting there taking its time, we've added bits and pieces to it. <laughs> One of them is um, the air conditioning, you know, and just airline power windows and decent uh, replacement resting uh, windscreen wipers. You know, so we sort of slowly, oh, actually the latest one was getting the seats off to go and get um, get um, redone. And Kendall said, so, you know, it's only about 120 bucks for a seat warmer unit. No. So, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take that box too. <laughs> the car can actually drive to work into the office every day if she wants. Yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. And that wasn't the intention. No. You know, at the beginning it was like, oh, this would be awesome. We'll take so um, Fongmata, which is where Beach Hop is. We um, ended up buying a batch there. We love the place so much, and we go there so often. And um, and so I kind of thought, well, when we have the truck back, we'll just leave it in Fonga, and you know, chuck the boards in the back, head to the beach, and it can be sandy. We'll throw some Mexican um, throws over the seats. Who cares what they look like? Um, and that's very quickly become a, well, it's going to have beautiful leather seats now. So I, don't, I don't know, nice carpet, um, polished back tray. I don't, I don't know about throwing boards back in there and leaving it in Fonga. I might have to keep it here in Auckland. But Just promise me that yeah. that you, it won't become a trailer queen <laughs> garage car because, I mean, you, you're building it to no, drive it. Do you know what, actually, well, can I just say that... Um, that's what Josh has been with his Mustang. And, um, Josh is know, a trailer like, queen? I, I love that Mustang. Oh, he's such a trailer queen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's this car, honest to God, I can't tell you. Yeah, it never comes out in the rain. It's, or it's, we have a two-door, um, a two-car garage. Yeah. And I've said to him, look, you get a space, I get a space. If you don't want to park your daily driver in your space, you want to keep the Mustang there, that's totally fine. I still get my spot and you can park your every day out in the rain. And um, he actually went in <laughs> last lockdown, built himself a carport so that he could park there. Um, but no, I, look, I'll probably build a carport for the truck, but I'll have that truck out all the time. I can't wait. Mm. When, I had, um, when I first got the Mustang, it had this um, crazed pink on it. And it was sort of, this is before I knew that it had been an accident Hatching up rust and all that. It was actually really liberating. It had a probably closer to 500 horsepower engine, which I'll blow up, which is another story. <laughs> um, when I first got it, it was manual, it was overpowered, uh, and you didn't have to worry about the body. You know, the paint was already shit. You didn't uh, mind getting stone chips and stuff like that. And so you, you genuinely drove it really quite differently. And it was an unintended consequence of painting it that I got very precious about it. And so we're still, we're sort of ummed and ahed about painting this pickup truck and, you know, Cara started one way and now she's sort of thinking, oh, look, yeah, we thought patina might be temporary, let's just enjoy this and then let's maybe actually paint really it love it now. Cool. Yeah. But, but in any instance, I was sort of urging her to just thrash it for a while with paint that you didn't care about because yeah. it is seriously liberating with the car that has sort of horsepower if you don't have to worry about where you park it and how you drive it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, Cara, let's tell Josh to shut up for a second. Where where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> where where are you? Where is your mind at with the paint? Because I'll give you my opinion in a moment, but I'd like I'd like to hear from you. <laughs> well, I'll tell you mine before you before you um, change my mind. Okay. But I look. I love the color and. Um, I, all the shows we've been to, and they're actually, um, New Zealand doesn't have that many pickups, hey Josh? Like, it's just, you, you don't see them as often. Do you hear? It's a really rapidly growing thing, and Kendall will tell you that he kind of started out just as a hobby, and he found himself um, in the midst of a sort of kind of car revolution. And then got very, very busy, and everyone wants to do the same thing. But it's a new thing here. So yeah. Yeah. And so, what a lot of what I've seen are pretty shiny um, paint jobs, and um, and so that's all kind of what I wanted when I started a year ago. And Josh 
sort of kept trying to throw painted truck pictures at me, and I wouldn't even I wouldn't even look. And it wasn't <laughs> that I didn't like them; I just preferred the shiny. And actually, as the years gone on, I I'm absolutely the opposite now, and um, it, it's kind of the only thing I look at it's just how much patina is enough um, or too much and so we, we are going to do some to it um, while it's there with Kendall but I, I, I don't like long term I don't know what that's going to look like whether we just keep keep going in that direction but look, I love the colour and um, yeah that's sort of what I'm thinking and now so the, with the interior we've got um, it's going to be red yeah um, and so, yeah. Nice. Is, and we're getting all the, um, yeah, sorry. Is is it original paint that's on there now? No. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it's old enough that it's not a bold patina, but I couldn't tell you when it was painted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I I think nice. What is your preference? I, I think nice. I think nice paint has its place. Um, absolutely, and I mean, and especially, you know, if you'd bought that truck and the whole front end was no good, so you had to replace it with new bits, and so everything was multicolored, then you know you paint it because you have to, because okay. otherwise it yeah. just looks like a piece of junk. Um, but I, you know, I if if I were you, and I'm not. But if I were you, I wouldn't paint it. I would never paint it. I think it looks awesome. I would, I'd get some, you know, really, really fine grit um, sandpaper and water, and yeah, yeah. and I, I take, I take those H bomb logos off it, and I just sort of don't. They're gone now. Oh, they're gone now. Yeah, cool. And and don't even for me. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, but I wouldn't even try and advance the patina. You know, some people are trying to rub it through and make it more patinery because to yeah. be honest, you just, I just think not, I've never seen anyone get it right. Yeah, cool. I really have never seen anyone get it right. Yeah. And it feels contrived, doesn't it? Yeah. It's so hard. And I mean, I, I'll tell you right now and anyone that listens to this podcast is sick and tired of hearing me talk about patina because that's that <laughs> I am all about patina. Um, and you know, I, I think there's, there's rusty, so Rusty's not Patina. Rusty's Rusty. Um, yeah, yeah, it's agreed. Yeah, so Patina is you have original paint or at least very old paint and it's worn. It's worn by the sun. It's worn by the chains on the tailgate scraping. It's worn by your arm on the window rubbing on it. You know, yeah. it's it's naturally yeah. become that. And it's got a story behind it and that's what I love, you know. and The character, eh? Yeah, and I... I know why people do fake patina now because there's not very many real patina trucks left. They're all gone. They're really good ones or they're very rare and hard to find. So if you love that look, and I and I don't have a problem with anyone that does that. It's your truck. You can do whatever you want, you know. But if you're going to do it, at least study what real patina looks like and put your fake patina in the correct places because – I get on my high horse about this, and I. <laughs> oh my god, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and, and I reckon it's one of those things where you go and you go and you go, on, and then you step back and go, "Oh shit, I went too far, didn't I?" It's too late at that point. Yeah, so, yeah. And I mean, there's um, there's guys who are specialising in it, and I, and I think some guys do it really well, but I, I honestly. It's not the same still, though, is it? Uh, it's not the same, but I mean. If if you could airbrush patina on a truck perfectly where it should be, I would be a hundred percent. I would say that's awesome. That looks great. But every time I see it done, it's like, tell me how that bit wore, but that bit didn't. Like that wouldn't happen. You know, I was just I'm like, how? When you say fake patina, are you saying spraying patina, or are you saying getting a bit overzealous sandpaper? Oh, it's it's a bit of both. I mean. I think I think spray on patina normally looks better than the old try and sandpaper it off thing because it just ends up looking like your paint's worn out. Like it, I don't know. Just <laughs> it, re- it rarely. I don't know. I I don't think it. I'm very really often glad looks I said good. patina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the things um, we we're contemplating right is that. We, we were never really committed to keeping the H-bomb thing because no. it was someone else's business. Been a, been a, but the 
Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so we've been sort of kind of thinking about what we do. What we put there. You know, whether Cara can kind of think of a cool logo or get friends to design something. I've always been a fan of like a, um, like a classic hand-painted racing number. I just think anything with a racing number on it, full-size racing number on the door, just looks instantly badass. It's kind of <laughs> going my two cents on it, but what are you seeing a lot of? What are you into? I'd say it's none of your business, Josh. It's Kara's truck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I, and look, I'm feeling to you virtually. <laughs> um, and, and just going back to what you said a minute ago about my opinion on things, it, it my opinion doesn't matter. Like, it's your truck. And if you wanted to paint it, go paint it. And if you wanted to fake patina it, fake patina it. I mean, I, I'm one opinion you know, doesn't matter. But um, I... And oh, but you, you say that, but you know what? It's really cool having the conversation and hearing what your opinion is because I'm, you know, like this is... I'm so green in this project. I, like, I love my truck and I just want to hear about what people are doing. Yeah. And, um, it's, you know, I don't think it's a fashion statement because um, that's not what opinions are. So it's really cool just to hear what people think, why they think... Um, or have that opinion, and so yeah, you don't have to apologize for having oh, any no. thoughts. You may absolutely influence some of my decisions because that's, that's kind of the, the place I'm in. I'm, I'm keen to hear what people are doing, and yeah. I'm not sort of set on anything. But I have I have made my mind up, um, not under your influence at all, that, <laughs> which is interesting because it was completely the opposite to where I was this time last year. Yeah, I, I started like that too. I, so I started restoring a 1967 split windscreen combi uh, Volkswagen bus oh, cool. many, cool. many years ago. And, and I was like, oh, it's going to be shiny. It's going to be black and black and like a fluoroish green two-tone and I had all these dreams and then I started going to Volkswagen shows you know just to get in the scene and have a look at everything and it was the first time I'd ever seen what a rat was or a, a patina car and it was these little mainly beetles but some buses and they were original paint they were slammed to the ground with shiny mag wheels and I was just like oh I fell in love I was like that's so awesome and yeah but by that stage there was no way that the Volkswagen I was building there's no way it could be patina because I'd done so much work to it. Um, I never ended up finishing it. I sold it. So it wasn't really up to me in the end. But um, <laughs> the the one thing I would say, honestly, Cara, is you've got two kids. And if you've got your truck parked in the driveway and your kids are on the skateboards or the push bikes or something and you've got a $20,000 paint job, all you're going to be doing is shitting yourself. Oh, no. You know, or... Oh, no. You're gonna you're gonna go down the supermarket and you're gonna park at the furthest back corner where there's no one else because you don't want anyone to touch your truck. Whereas I think you know you just oh, make 100%. a a good driver with some. I mean the paint on your truck's not bad. It's pretty nice. And if someone did happen to ding it with the handlebars of their push bike, it's just another part of the story of the truck. It's not you know like I I think they have their place. If you're building a show truck. Absolutely, I th I would say go paint, totally. go paint it, and absolutely spend yeah. the money. But if, if it's just you want a, a great little driver, you want the kids to jump in there, like you don't want to be like, oh, oh yeah. finish your ice cream before you get in the truck, you know? Like, there's only <laughs> how far yeah. can you go? And that's like my brother-in-law's Chevy's, um, pretty pretty painted, and so the, you know when the kids run out there, even I'm looking at his truck and oh my god, please. I don't want my kid to be scared <laughs> yeah. with his shoes and gut something. Because I reckon our, our, our truck and our son will sort of, you know, be able to park it in the middle of the driveway where he can't smash into anything. And uh, disconnect the battery and then they'll play it all day. <laughs> yeah. Who's yeah. that kid? Yeah. I, there, my, there's one other thing I'll say about the Katrina crowd as well. Eh, is they're, they're, they're far more sort of passionate bunch. I think be, it feels like you're in more of a club when you've got a yeah. You know, a bit of a rat rod. You know, there's probably more people who are into classically painted and presented F100s, but they're not, not passionate, particularly passionate people has been probably been our experience, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that we should all put ourselves into any boxes, really, but, but, but they do exist. And, you know, you go to a, a show and you've got nice paint original, you've got nice paint, resto mod you've got full-blown rat rod where nothing matches and you know it's a mexican blanket <laughs> and weld a couple of 
chains and some skulls on it, you know, and then you've got... Shotgun produced. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, I love that stuff. And I I actually... Yeah. One of my next builds is going to be, and whether it's a truck or just a little hot rod, I don't know, but I want to build something that I'll never register. I don't want an engineer to ever look at it. It's just chuck it on a trailer, take it to a show, <laughs> And do all the cool stuff that the American guys can do that we can't do. I I want to build one like that. It would be so much fun. And I want to put yeah. I want to put a ridiculous motor in it. I don't know what. Like whether it's a a V eight turbo diesel out of a cat excavator. Or, I just want something different. <laughs> you know, just do something um, stupid. It'd be so much fun. Kim has got an F one hundred down there that's been in the works for a long time. Um, that's got a Barrow V8 in it, yeah. twin turbo, and it's sort of about 1,400 horsepower, he tells me, and it's got these steel plates um, that must be about 25 mil thick bolted over the rear wheels. And it's just it's such a big donk that it just can't even get to the ground. It's not even, not even drivable. It's sort of just a, it's just a statement engine. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, just a burnout car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, my my build, I'm building a 1950 Chev uh, truck, and it's got C30 suspension, so it's a dually. Uh, it's got the big 22 inch Alcoa kind of really bright, shiny rims on it, and uh, fully airbagged. And it's got a, it's going to have a uh, compound turbo. Cummins diesel engine in it, so it's going to be a bit different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I started following that guy um, Solomon Lunga after listening to one of your podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. Big F two fifty with his Cummins. Yeah, gold dust. That. Yeah, that's a cool truck. Gold dust. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing how many Fords in America are getting around with a. A Dodge engine in them. It's just the Cummins. Is, <laughs> yeah, it's a very popular swap. Yeah, cool. So you know, I mean, most of the guys listening to us right now are in Australia, um, and they're all part of this Aussie culture that we've got. And you know, we we have heaps of hot rod and car shows. We we don't have very many truck specific shows. I um I have one organised that's meant to be in about a month's time and uh, I, the jury's out on whether we're going to even be able to have it in at, in any way because of COVID. But, um, yeah. you know, you've talked about the beach hop and uh, I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of the town that that's in because I heard you say it and it's nowhere near what I would have said. But, um, you know, tell, <laughs> tell, tell me a little bit about the scene. I mean, you know, are you guys members of a club? Do you, are there a lot of shows around or, or how does it all work over there? No, not uh, members of any club, although I've totally thought now that I've got the truck, um, I might have a look into it. I just, um, I just don't know what it's like and who's a part of it. So I'm probably going to have a look into it um, and see how we go. But, I mean, even when we've gone to beach shops, they do, like, a massive parade on the Saturday where the streets get filled with all the cars. They just do these big loops through certain streets and everybody else just sits on deck chairs out in the lawns and watches the parade go by. And we, we've never taken the Mustang through it. Um, we just sit and spectate, which has been really cool, and then just drive the Mustang around town. But um, I think I'd like to, with the truck, I'd like to you know, enter it into some of the competitions that they have and um, get a little bit more involved. I, I guess it'll just kind of come down to how it feels being part of the crowd. There are a couple of, um, like, we're in Auckland, and they there is this um, show at a place called Smales Farm. That's what the third Sunday of every month. Yeah. So that's kind of like just everybody. Like a show and show kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, like coffee and uh, all sorts. Yeah. Yeah. We go to that pretty regularly, but. I don't know, like, I, I, I haven't encouraged car towards it yet, because I guess in my experience with the Mustang, in the early days, I sort of turn up to my, with my car with things, and people would say, well, that's not original, and that's not original, and I thought, oh, geez, I'm not interested in hanging out with these people. <laughs> yeah. So that was sort of the 
Yeah, you, so you, I sort of think I hang out with people who I don't care what car they drive. They're into cars. My brother, we, you know, various people that I know, we go for cruises. It doesn't. It's not limited to what type of car it is. It's the sort of people so far. And because of, you know, even though I've had the truck for a year, I've not had it with me. So as soon as I've got it and I can go out, it might attract the same kind of people. And, um, you know, hopefully the, the truck seems a bit different. And um, it, it's intimidating, you know, like as a woman that's not a, a bogan, <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to walk myself into a group of people that, like Josh said, is going to want to know everything and maybe judge me for not not being a, a petrol head but I don't know it might also be really cool to meet some people um even some old boys that are interested and yeah yeah no I you know you talk a talk and it's your truck and you know you you demand a certain amount of respect because you've done it and, and you've got it so don't be afraid of that no that's cool yeah and and what about uh, registration? Do you guys have a like a here in Australia? We have like what we call a club reg or a historic registration, where it's a bit cheaper because you don't drive it all the time, and you're limited to how many days you can drive. Do you have a, a similar thing? Your registration is kind of linked to your insurance, though, isn't it? So is that right? Your insurance, your registration is really expensive because there's a, is that right? There's a third party insurance element. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't. Give me a rough cost of a regular daily driver's registration. Oh, six to eight hundred dollars a year. Oh, yeah. 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 Probably like hundred and fifty. Oh, okay. Um, and but we don't have compulsory third party, but we've got classic car insurance, and so yes, you insuring a truck like that might cost something like fifteen hundred bucks a year, something like that full cover for a decent amount of, you know, coverage, but on the provider that it drives under 5,000 k's a year, I think it is for memory, something like that. Yeah, so you've got options with your insurance and that's where you save the money. Yeah, you're correct. Hmm. I mean, if you're garaging it, not driving it all the time, um, you, you know, the insurance is actually quite cheap because I, I get the rationale that, that you're not probably the safest car owner there is when you spend that sort of mm-hmm. attention on a car you're not going to leave it out on the street overnight you're not going to park it near idiots in the supermarket like you say you're going to look after it and care for it and it's probably the safest insurance bet there is hmm. yeah um, Cara another question I wanted to ask you have you mm-hmm. have you ever driven a left hand drive is the Mustang left hand drive yeah yeah it is yeah no, it's great. No problem. Yeah. Why do you say it like that? Yeah, because it's funny because I, a lot of people um, always, you know, say, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I would want to drive a left-hand drive vehicle, and you know that sort of thing. But yeah, you enjoy it, and you don't, you don't have any issues with it. Oh no! I, I, and we did talk about do we, you know, while we're making all these changes, do we change it? And it was an absolute no for me. Um, I, I love driving on the left. It feels really cool. Um, yeah, no, that, that's what, for me, like a classic is it's a, it's a left-hand drive. Yeah, so we're never gonna, we were never going to swap that over. Josh did ask me, and I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know you're going to freak all the locals out when you pull up at the lights and they look across and there's a, a four-year-old <laughs> boy sitting in the driver's seat. <laughs> I should probably get him like a, a steering wheel just to hold on yeah. to for those moments. So. <laughs> oh, that's oh, really no. cool. Uh, so, um, I think where I first saw your truck, I was trying to work this out, but I think so. I started following this uh, New Zealand V8 magazine um, on Instagram, which is you know for guys listening, is at New Zealand or at NZ V8 magazine, and you know I was flicking through there and. and and they feature quite a lot of cool trucks, which is awesome. And I saw your truck, um, and you've actually had a feature in the mag, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, honestly, I actually—I um, mean, we're, I don't know if I should say because <laughs> we're in lockdown—but I stole the magazine off my brother-in-law, who um, gets the, the subscription. Yeah. 
and um, and so it's not in the supermarkets yet. And um, so when you snuck in there, grabbed it um, off him because I knew it was coming. And just so stoked. I mean, Kendall did um, the big feature page, um, but then there's like a, there's another second article in there too that um, the magazine sort of did themselves. The editor did, um, which is also so cool. I, I you know, I, I don't know that there's anything that I'm doing that is special or cool. And so when people ask and um, kind of compliment us on the decisions we're making, it, it feels great. So to see the truck go in there is, um, yeah, for me, especially, just, I was so excited. It was really cool to see it there. Mm. So, and people taking interest, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you don't know whether what you're doing is interesting or cool. Did, did you just say that? <laughs> which other um which other ladies in New Zealand do you know with a a 56 F100 with a coyote in it? <laughs> no, yeah, clearly none. But I think that's it, you know. I don't yeah. I, I mean, I'm so new to this whole thing. It's been so much fun um learning and but I don't, I'm not doing it I haven't made any decisions based on anybody else telling me that's what it should be. Yeah. So I keep coming back to, well, is this, is this what I want? And even, like, you know, Josh obviously um, knows what he's doing, and so every time we've got to sit down and kind of consider the next step, um, he's so good. Um, you know, it, it's what do I want? And, yeah, so that, that's why I say I don't, I, I don't know whether everything or anything is particularly cool. So it's a pleasant surprise when somebody calls out, you know, coyote or the full-time rims or, you know, and it, just, it feels cool, yeah. Hmm. Maybe I am cool, Michael. Maybe you are. I, I think <laughs> I, I think you're being... <laughs> I was just going to say, I think you're being steered quite well there by Josh... Um, we, we think so. Uh, you mentioned the Forge Line wheels, Cara, and, and I love those um, RB3C concaves. Was that something you chose yourself, or did you get nudged in that direction? No, actually, Josh pointed me to a website and just said, "Have a look. Go look at um, you know, look at Pinterest. Look at all um, the people that you're following. Think about what you want the wheels to look like, um, and and go for gold." And that's really, that is hugely intimidating. I mean, you know, pull on any website looking at rims and there's just like a zillion to look at. And um, and so the, we've obviously got the step side. And so I thought about what a deep dish would look like considering the lines of the truck. And I, it, that's kind of just what I considered, I guess. And, and then got a few images that I showed Josh and said that's what I wanted it to look like and he sort of steered me into a couple and just got an arrow from there and picked those ones. Yeah, I don't know. What we don't have them here. No, no, that wasn't them. Yeah, we can see them in magazines and um, all I can say is when they arrived, they arrived pre-Christmas last year after and they, they arrived on the boat and the boat couldn't dock because we all was COVID drama and they got sent to Brisbane and then they got Yeah, they're a beautiful looking wheel. They're, so you got nineteen by eights on the front and twenty by twelves on the back in the um so they got the titanium centers in them and and they just they just pop on that truck. They just look awesome. So I think you've done a, a made, do made a great yeah, choice. Yeah. Thanks. Well, I yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um so the only question I think I've got left really to dig into and, and you know, I say this to a lot of people is like getting your time machine and, and you know, you, you go back to when the truck first arrived, mm-hmm. um, you know, would you do anything differently? Would, would you, 
you know, obviously you've blown whatever budget you might have set, you know, and, and is <laughs> is that good or is it all worthwhile? You know, like if you had the chance, sorry, uh, what would you do differently? Honestly, um, nothing, I don't think, personally. I, I don't feel disappointed either that we've kind of gone down this deep, dark hole. It, it feels really good. It's been exciting the whole way. Um, and, and I mean, we'd even said up until recently, oh, let's just, we won't do the interior then. We won't do the interior, we'll just leave that for next time. But because of the delays with the engine, um, we thought, oh, shit, well, it's sitting there, we may as well just get into that too. Um, so, no, but I don't have it back yet. So I don't I don't know if I've changed my mind when, when it arrives back. But at this point, no, I'm, I'm really pleased. I'm stoked. And, um, yeah, stoked that we went with Kendall. They've been so awesome. Mm. And he, he sends me pictures all the time. Um, you know, I haven't been there. Josh took a trip. Uh, yeah, yeah, quite quite a while away. So I think it would be yeah, it'd be pretty exciting when I finally get to jump on the plane to go and bring it home. But um, pretty stoked with that connection. Kendall's done such a good job. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And you'll have to buy a uh, a car trailer so that you can tow the Mustang around for Josh. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, we'll keep that one in the uh, in the garage. <laughs> what did you call it? A what queen? Trailer queen. Trailer queen. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, look, so awesome to talk to you guys and um and Cara. I know that you're going to have a little bit of hesitancy with the truck because you didn't get your hands dirty and do all the work and break all your nails and but you know it's if you get a custom house built you don't build it yourself you know you you come up with a design you get the professionals to do the work and and that's what you've done and and it'd take you 10 years to do the build yourself you know compared to what these guys are doing so you're getting what you really wanted and i think it's a credit a credit to you and and i'm i'm stoked that you um went down the deep dive because you're going to come out with a product that really does stand out and, and you're going to be able to drive it for the next 30 years with no problems and that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Hey? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, can't wait for it to be back. Yeah. So, pretty stoked. Awesome. All right. Well, so we'll wrap up. Um, if anyone listening wants to check it out, it's uh, your Instagram page is at F100 underscore resto mum. Uh, and that's mum with an O. And I, do you have a Facebook page and stuff like that as well, or is that sort of the spot to go, the Instagram? No, no, that's just my Instagram, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, awesome. And um, and we'll give Kendall a shout-out. He's at Cruisin' Customs New Zealand, so capital K, Cruisin' capital K Customs NZ. Um, and, man, they're putting out some cool stuff. <laughs> I've been looking at their page. I'm like, they wow, are. he's he's on top of it. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool. You definitely interview them, it's awesome. Yeah. He's on a um, truck for the all-black Brody Retallick at the moment, and um, he's got the similar gas truck lifting rear deck that we're doing. He's, um, he's got chili rings installed in the underside, which is pretty bad, I reckon. Yeah, nice, yep. Chili bins and Esky for those guys listening is what a chili bin is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, awesome. Oh well, it's been it's been cool to hear a bit about um, what goes on over there. And uh, my wife and I have been trying to get over to New Zealand for a while uh, to do some mountain biking because we love we love our mountain biking. And you guys have got some great trails and. Yeah, it'd be cool if we can get over one day. We'll come look you up. I've, I've, oh, one day. I spent eight hours in, in March. Spent yeah. March. March, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I think we're a little away from getting out of here at this point, but we'll see what <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victoria may as well be a prison at the moment. We've been locked down for so long, it's just out of control. So yeah, You guys are lucky you got just in a fight in your fight. Are you free to, um, you free to drive? You're locked down. You don't have to get out for anything. Uh well, we we have five reasons we're allowed to leave our house, and we're only allowed to travel within five kilometres of where we live to do exercise. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, 
I'm a steel fabricator. I've got a business. I, you know, I have to pick up freight and drop freight off. So I, I still drive around a bit. Um, but yeah, certainly the idea of just going for a cruise to another town and having lunch, like that's just not happening. So it's, I mean, it's, it's not horrendous. I'm not in Melbourne. I'm not locked in an apartment. You know, it's, it's not terrible. But the, the thing for me I'm finding the hardest is, and I, you know, I've never admitted to feeling any mental issues at all, but I, I can't even plan to go yeah. to go and have drinks with a friend. I can't plan to do to go see my wife's family in Queensland. There's, there's just the calendar is yeah. now empty. There's no plans because every time you plan something, you have to yeah. cancel it. So it's it's really hard. Yeah. It is hard. You're actually right. And it's like that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which then it, it then makes going to work just Groundhog Day because you just go to work, you go home, you go to work, you go home, and you're just like, you know, what's what's this all about? I, the, you know, you, for me, my reward is we go and do stuff, and and that's what we've always done. We're outdoor yeah. people, so family. Mm. Anyway, and, and in some ways, you know, with the length of travel and everything, you kind of come back to simple pleasures, and, and although. Um, a resto modern pickup truck is not by no means simple. Sort of the notion of like just having this truck that your family can jump in and just go for a cruise when you can't go to shops or see people or do stuff. Yeah, it's really quite appealing. So it's just once you've got the no, truck, it's really be allowed it, to it, go it's a pleasure. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing. Well, I can tell you for sure that there's been more work done on my truck in the last few months than there has been <laughs> in a long time because it's just like, all right, this is what I'm doing with my time now. And, you know, I've got my, my whole front of my chassis cut apart and I've got airbag front end being installed and, and I'm doing it all on my own. So it's, you know, it's juggling work with leisure and, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it'd be so easy yeah. just to spend yeah. all day on my truck. No, no kids. So that's... That makes that a bit easier for me. Oh, I don't. I don't know how parents do it. I, I, I've got two dogs and a cat, and that even just taking them for a walk. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, cool. All right, guys. Well. Yeah, it's been awesome, and um, yeah, look forward to to seeing the the finished product and and uh, yeah, hearing maybe we'll touch base at some stage, car, and just hear hear yeah, how it is cool. to drive it, and you yeah, know, be in- but you know when I've got it, and- yeah, definitely. Cool, cool. Oh, thanks again. Thanks, Michael. No worries. Bye. Bye. Well, that's the show for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. All information shared in our episodes is general and you should contact your engineer for advice on your build. Please remember to rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share it with friends and fellow enthusiasts on Facebook, iTunes, or the good old word of mouth. I appreciate hearing feedback, good and bad, so please feel free to shoot me an email, classicpickuppodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in advertising on the podcast and have a relevant business, please get in touch. And finally... If you have a project you're building, it can be hard to find the time to work on it. Just spend 15 minutes a day, even if you only unbolt one panel or mount one bracket. You'll be amazed at how quickly it all adds up. The music you hear in the background of this podcast is called Hammer On Down by Uncle Bonehead. Until next week, enjoy the ride.